Hey, this is Stu with Bitcoin Fi casting another pot out today, and I wanted to go over how crypto fits into your overall financial picture. I'm coming from something called the FIRE movement, F-I-R-E. It stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And the whole point of it is to do all these kind of life hacks and, and figure out your investing and your finances and, and save as much as you can, but still be able to spend money on whatever you, it is that you value. But just be super optimized so that you don't have to rely on your day job and you don't have to grind away your life. You will have the freedom to walk away at any point, essentially. That's where I'm coming from. And with that, I have kind of this order of operations of investing and this, this hierarchy. So it's a very personal choice. Um, but what I would do first, if I was looking at going into crypto, just in my overall finances, I would first look at credit cards. I would try to eliminate credit card debt as quickly as possible. The interest rates are usually between 15 and 30%, and that's a really good return on your money. So if you have credit cards, paying those off is probably the best guaranteed rate of return you can get. Once you have your credit cards paid off, I think it's important to have a three to six month emergency fund. You might need to get radical to do this, whether that means starting a side gig, getting a part-time job. Uh, just try to get intense and save that up quickly. Even getting a couple thousand in the bank makes a lot of sense before investing in crypto. And this is kind of a Dave Ramsey thing where he wants you to have a thousand dollars, then pay off your debt, and then build up your three to six month emergency fund. I think that's a great way to go about it, but I wouldn't give up a 401k match if I was getting, you know, 3% for putting in 6% or something like that, like he recommends. So once you are out of debt or credit card debt, basically high interest consumer debt, and you've got a little bit of a cash cushion, the first thing that I do is my health savings account because I get a tax break up front, I get tax-free growth on my investments, and it comes out tax-free. It's basically the most tax-efficient account out there, and I love it, but it's not for everybody. One, a lot of employers don't offer it, and two, sometimes if you have expensive medical stuff going on, they don't make the most sense. If you have expensive monthly prescriptions, they might not make sense. So you really have to figure that out and see if an HSA is right for you or even if it's an option for you. Once I have done my HSA to the max, I start going to my 401k to get the match. Uh, unfortunately, my job right now does not have a 401k match, so I just put in 1% right now. But I do think you should get the match. If you are younger than 40 or so, I would definitely go for a Roth 401k if that's available. You might want to ask your benefits uh, coordinator or HR, whoever, figure out if you have a Roth 401k because it's probably the better way to go, especially the younger you are. Once I have gone to my 401k match, I am going to my Roth IRAs and maxing that out at 6000 a year. And if possible or applicable, there's also a spousal Roth IRA, whether or not your partner makes any income. 
and I mostly just index money into here. Same with my 401k and my HSA. So that's kind of what I do next. And then I return to my 401k and I would strongly consider going above the bare minimum to get the match and raising that. But I would also strongly consider crypto. So now that I've tackled all of the accounts that the FIRE movement loves, from HSAs to Roth IRAs to Roth 401ks, if you're getting your match, if you're getting everything maxed out that you can, then I would go to a taxable account or crypto. At this point, you've got your stuff together if you're maxing out your Roths and if you're getting a match. Even if you're not doing that, you've got your stuff together if you've got an emergency fund too. And I don't really think it'd be bad to start buying crypto or to start an, a taxable account just for extra flexibility. I think M1 Finance is one of the better places to open up a taxable account because you can get, it's basically a margin loan and while those are pretty risky, depending on how you use it, I think having cheap springy debt can be really important and useful in life to take advantage of opportunities. So if I'm opening a taxable brokerage account, I'm going to do it with M1 Finance because their interest rate is so cheap. And they basically, if you have $10,000, they'll let you borrow $3,500 at like 2% interest. So I would totally do that. And I would also buy crypto. So what I do, how I look at it is at this point with crypto and its adoption, I think it is far riskier to have no crypto than it is to have 1% of your portfolio in crypto. Would I go higher than 10% of my portfolio in crypto? I don't think I would, um, although it might happen on accident, depending on what crypto does, because historically the returns may outpace anything else you do. I've looked at it a few different ways. I started out with basically having a 1% of my investable money. Basically, I have X amount in stocks and and I have 1% of that in crypto. And then I decided, well, let's include my real estate. And eventually I got to, well, let's go include my total net worth. And I'll have 1% of my net worth in crypto. Actually, once I got some more confidence and conviction in crypto through Spencer Montgomery and his You Went to Crypto course, and I felt like I understood everything better and knew what I was doing, I have decided to increase my crypto exposure to 10% of my net worth. And that's kind of where I'm at with things right now. Depending on how Q4 works out, I think that there's a decent chance that crypto can rise so much that it may take up about 30% of my net worth. And if that's the case, I mean, I'm allocated right now. I'm happy with my allocation at 10% of my net worth. And I'm fine letting it ride. Most of my new income and money is going into HSAs, Roth IRAs, and Roth 401ks. I'm also paying down mortgages. So anyway, I think that I've got a pretty good strategy and I still do buy crypto every month. So let me just say, what if you don't have the disposable income to max a 401k or to max a HSA or a Roth IRA? Well, 
it's very personal, but even if I didn't have a very good emergency fund, for a long time in 2020 and 2021, I was doing a home renovation and I did not have a good emergency fund. I actually had negative on my cash uh, because my home renovation was extremely expensive, far more than I estimated. So uh, basically, I wouldn't really hesitate depending on your situation. Again, it's very personal and this is not advice, but I'd be cool having anywhere between 500 and 1,000 in crypto. I think there's a lot of upside and having no allocation is riskier than having a small allocation. The thing is, is it's an asymmetric bet. And what that means is if you put in $500 and that goes to zero, well, you just lost $500. But about 100 million people have crypto. And what happens when that amount of people goes to 1 billion in it and that's 10 times the adoption that we have now well is that 500 gonna 10x too well it might it depends on which coin you bought it depends on when you bought um, in the cycle of crypto because there are kind of these cycles that happen we'll talk about so what's the downside 500 what's the upside 5,000? That's what's known as an asymmetric bet. Is the upside is far greater than the downside. And I think that crypto in general is one of the most asymmetric bets. I mean, what if it goes to half the world? 4 billion people. What if 4 billion people in the world have crypto? That's uh, a 40x. Is it worth it? Uh, maybe. That would be 500 going to 20,000. And again, it just depends. I don't know how it's going to play out. But I'm just saying, would I risk $500 for what I think could be a 10x? Again, you have to study this out. You have to decide for yourself. You have to do your own research. And there's courses out there. I know Michael Saylor, I believe, has a course there's podcasts like um, Pomp, I'm blanking on his name, but Dan Held and his YouTube, um, Robert Breedlove. There's a lot of ways to learn about this space, and I think it pays to educate yourself and to act accordingly on what you've learned. So anyway, this is just my order of operations. This is how I invest. I take care of pretty much all of my tax advantage accounts and then I say okay let's get some crypto and let's get some non-tax advantage accounts going and I'm grateful and fortunate to have developed a career and to have the income where I can do this and it's you know maybe this is motivation to where you want to get to that point I definitely think it's possible. There are so many opportunities in the world today. It's just, there's always one around the corner. And for me, crypto is that. It's an opportunity I want to take advantage of and be a part of. So that's, uh, that's my take on things. And I'd be curious if there's any other things that you would do before you invested in crypto. You might notice that I did not have anything about real estate. It's tough. 
you know, there's not enough money in my cash flow to go around to where I can buy another rental, at least for a couple of years. And the real estate market's on fire. You know, buying a house in the last couple of years is probably one of the smartest things you could have done, but you wouldn't have known it until now. It's the same with crypto. It's the same with stocks. But over time, we know that these things have a tendency to go up. There will be corrections in different markets and different sectors of these investments, but there's no reward without some risk. Or more accurately, there's no reward without some volatility. Volatility, or price movement up and down, is the price you pay to grow your wealth, to grow your money. If it stresses you out to even look at your stock or your 401k back in March 2020 when COVID hit, and everything dropped like a rock. You know, if, if you have problems with that, you have to know yourself. You have to set things up to where you're not going to get in your own way. And I think the financial psychology side of things is one of the harder parts. Anyway, that's another tangent, but as to whether or not you should or could invest in crypto, you got to have the stomach for it, and I think you do get used to it. You learn along the way. But as for me, I mostly buy and hold, but I'm actually opening up my mind to potentially making some plays or doing some trades and dealing with the tax consequences. I'll get into that more a little bit later, but for now, I just wanted to put out how I am investing and how this fits into my overall financial picture. And I hope that helps. Let me know if you have any questions or anything else you want me to address. You can reach me at frugalstew72 at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, feel free to share it with a friend. And I will be back with you soon.